Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. My name is Dave Ferdon. I'm Matt Holton. And this is Root Beer Radio. Now, some of you watched us on our live, uh, Facebook Live. Uh, we went live and we recorded episode three uh, about 15 minutes in. Uh, and then we stopped the recording and kept making root beer. Uh, we realized later, uh, for the second time while recording the episode about carbonation, yep, something went wrong in the audio recording, and we lost. It's all bad. So we had to start again. Um, hopefully it doesn't happen again this time. <laughs> yeah, it's a learning curve. Oh, God, it is. I don't understand any of this equipment at all, so. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's frustrating. So we're going to keep keep forging through. So you may have seen our Facebook Live video. If you haven't yet, go find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash rootbeerradio, um, and you can check it out. You can also find us on Instagram, at uh, rootbeerradio. Um, follow us, like us, um, hashtag us. Uh, yeah. We appreciate it. We really do. Um, today's episode, we are talking about carbonation. The fizzy stuff. The fizzy stuff. Now, it doesn't seem that exciting, but it really is. It can be really fun. Yeah. No, nothing makes a beverage more boring than it being flat and, well, losing its fizz. You know, mm-hmm. you, you leave a can of pop out and, well, you know, four hours later you come back to it and, well, it's no longer so much fun anymore. A wounded soldier. Is that what they call them? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I have more experience with that phrase in college and beer, but <laughs> yes, yes, we actually we referred to old uh, Mountain Dews as <laughs> wounded soldiers. Uh, rest in peace. Yeah. Anyways, so carbonation. Um, there's a bunch of different ways to do it, which you may or may not be aware of. Yeah. Uh, one one way that you can make uh, a soda or whatever, if you have like a soda stream thing in your kitchen your mm-hmm. house um just by adding little flavoring agents or you can just add take a flavor extract or concentrate from like jr watkins or whatever mm-hmm. is out there in the supermarkets right now you can take that and add it to club soda and well you got something fizzy you can also add it to tonic water tonic water is going to give its own weird flavor because mm. i think it's called quinine um that's often added into tonic water it was an anti-malarial drug uh, uh, way back when, um, that's actually where gin and tonic comes from because British soldiers were, or, you know, people like colonizing India would add it, huh. uh, gin to their tonic, uh, just to make it more palatable because <laughs> it was very, very bitter. Um, yes. but, uh, current tonic water doesn't have the same level of quinine or whatever it is in sure. there. Uh, so tonic does have a little bit of a different flavor from your standard uh, seltzer water. Yes. But, uh, so you can add flavoring agents too, just like a club soda or whatever. Um, okay. So and, that's, and have a, like a soda on demand. That's basically, that's like a soda stream. What you can make. Yep. A lot of people have those these days. Um, and you can find now we found a lot cause we mm-hmm. were actually looking for wintergreen yep. today. Matt and I called collectively like 20 different stores. It was ridiculous. It was very, very, right. very yeah. ridiculous. Nobody, one person sells wintergreen leaves, um, but they're out of stock. But nobody of those like 20 or so places had wintergreen extract, anything wintergreen, or a root beer extract, 
which usually you can find. Yeah. Um, but a bunch of places had this root beer concentrate, yep. which is what you were talking about. That's what you would add yeah. to like a soda stream or and, and if you're water. if you're doing like a like a one serving one and done, it, it's not like in a, a ridiculous expense. It's like two dollars or to two to three dollars, right? Uh, for I think it's anywhere between twelve or twenty ounces of a soda, whatever. Mm-hmm. But when I'm making five gallons of root beer, <laughs> uh, then I, I I don't want to spend sixty to seventy bucks on no. one ingredient, <laughs> no, to make a batch of root beer. So uh, that's not 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 exactly what I wanted for uh, for today. No, and but if it's if it's a once once in a while thing, yeah, go ahead and spend two to three bucks. Yeah, but. So that's one way to make root beer. Props to the hop shop in St. Cloud for carrying wintergreen. Uh, we'll get that in next week. Yep. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we've got more to talk about when it comes to, to wintergreen yep. later on. And if you cut our live video, you can hear why. Um, what's another way, Matt, that we can uh, carbonate a beverage or a root beer? Well, uh, with uh, regarding... Well, you did an interview with uh, Aaron Reland at uh, Bad Habits, uh, Bad Habit Brewing. I did, yes, yes, and I uh, he had some very, you know, actually, in my opinion, kind of funny stories because I went through a lot of the same things as well uh, with lessons in carbonation. And well, he, I better let him tell his stories first. Okay, so here, here, let me set the scene. I visited Aaron on. One, you know, the last day, it was a Thursday afternoon um, at the end of May. Wow, that was a long time ago. Yeah, that's a long time ago. Yeah, the last week of May. Uh, I just finished my last day of school. Well, last day of insert or like teacher stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm free. I'm finally free. Aaron and I have been trying to connect for weeks. I meet him before the store opens. We sit outside on their beautiful patio. Nice warm breeze, the sun shining down. Bad Habit Brewing Company in St. Joseph, Minnesota, my hometown. Take it away. Hey, root beer lovers, we're out here at Bad Habit Brewing Company on uh, a beautiful day out on the porch, the patio. And I'm here with Aaron Reland. And uh, Aaron's going to tell us about his brewing process, his carbonation process specifically. Cool. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for uh, stopping out and checking out the patio. Beautiful uh, Thursday afternoon. Um, but yeah, we um, talking to you a little bit about our, our root beer process and our carbonation. Um, just some of the good stuff about uh, brewing root beer and brewing beer. But we've uh, we've had discussion before about our first first brewing home brewing beer and uh, and uh, not fully understanding the carbonation process of a uh, fermented liquid and uh, bottling bottling our beer way too early and uh, and having a, uh, a roommate's uh, girlfriend who was very curious on the process yeah. and uh, shaking the bottles <laughs> a couple uh, a couple weeks after we brewed it and uh, having exploding bottles in the basement that so. you were using yeast right we were yep so we we used uh, the yeast but then we also added some uh, um, corn sugar back into the beer sure. um, for the yeast to eat up to create yep. the uh, carbonation process. So we, um, 
we were lucky enough to be able to, to get our hands on some corn sugar and uh, use that to uh, carbonate the beer in the bottles. So, but not knowing um, carbonation or fermentation process uh, fully, we had exploding bottles. So, <laughs> so not not great, not a great thing when you're um, living in a, a friend's basement, <laughs> rented home, and you have glass stuck into the sheet. So, did that last much longer? Uh, no, <laughs> no. We, uh, you know, that, the bottles uh, went out to the garage. Okay. Thankfully, yep. it was the summer, so the bottles went out to yep. the garage. We had some more exploding beer bottles. Do you think the heat from in the garage made them more explosive? No, I think we just had we we had not given the uh, the yeast enough time to eat up the sugars in the beer fermenting, so there was a lot more sugar in the beer than we thought. Okay. So adding the adding the corn sugar was kind of the uh, you know icing on the cake to uh, exploding beer bottles. So <laughs> it was bad. So gunshots in the middle of the night. Oh yeah. So. <laughs> But yeah, it was um, it was a good learning curve, and luckily that was you know 16 years ago, so it was yeah you know we've done a little more studying now and so so what do you do now? Fermentation. So um, so you know as far as the the beer process right now, um, you know uh, day uh, brew day we add the yeast um, into the beer brewer's yeast, okay. and then we have. Uh, um, little little more high tech testing equipment to test when the uh, the beer is done fermenting so we take uh, gravity readings uh, sugar content so sure. um, we use a play-doh scale so we um, we actually take the the reading of how much sugar is in the beer um, at the end of the brew day so when it goes into the fermenter sure and then we um, we watch over the course of like the next you know 10 to 14 days and when we have a stable reading for about four or five days, we, we know that the yeast is done and okay. sugar is eaten up in the beer. So at that point, we know we can start carbonating the beer um, or transferring it to another tank. Okay. So, yeah. So um, as far as uh, root beer, you know, once the root beer is made, um, we don't use any uh, um, high-tech carbonation uh, mm -hmm. techniques. Uh, we don't. Unfortunately, don't have space here for a, a you know a straight root beer um, you know, conditioning tank. Or, yeah, and um, that root beer is not your main product. So. No, no, but we do um, we do like having that as an option. And, yeah, and, I appreciate uh, it. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, having that as an option, so you know non non beer drinkers have something to drink when they come in. So. Um, really, right now, like root beer, when when we're done making it, it's forced carbonated. So okay. we um, we usually do uh, do it right in the keg. So we um, um, usually take a you know, 15 gallon keg mm -hmm. and we only uh, fill it about halfway, okay. and then we force carb it at 35 to 40 psi. Okay. For you know roughly 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. Once it's cold. Yeah, and then uh, we bleed that pressure off, okay. and um, we're good to go. So now, you we talked about this a little while ago, and you were telling me about this process where you roll it, yep. shake it, right? Yep. Yep. So what we do, um, we use uh, sand key kegs. Okay. So we uh, we don't use the corny kegs like the old pop soda kegs. So we actually carve up in the um, sand key kegs. So we put a coupling on, and we hook the uh, CO2 up, yeah, um, and we 
get the keg on the side. Okay. And we roll it back and forth, shake it. So, and what you're doing is you're force carbonating the beer. So you're, you're pushing as much CO2 into that beer as you can in the quickest amount of time. By agitating so, it. Agitating it, yep. Okay. You're, you're sloshing around the, uh, <clears throat> you know, when we fill the keg with CO2 or beer, um, we purge it with CO2. So what you're doing is you're you're moving as much as that CO2 into the beer as possible. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, it's kind of we when we used to keg beer, we would do it. You know, bottling beer was a good thing. We moved on to kegs. Bottling beer is great, but you have to wait a month to drink it. Right. So when we right. started putting the beer into kegs, we would force carb it. We could drink it within 48 hours. So, okay. Yeah. So it's it's a it's in, in essence it's the same thing you're doing when you're you're condition, conditioning either root beer or beer in the bottle yeah you're speeding up the process yeah so which is the idea right yeah you want to drink it when you're done right oh i want to drink it right now yeah right you don't want to wait <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so but it's good it's um it's just it's different processes that you learn as you you do more and more yeah brewing and whether it's root beer or beer or you know whatever uh whatever you like to drink you know yeah yeah We've done the same with cream soda. Um, you know, uh, we have, we've had some uh, berry sodas on here. Yep. So, just mainly the same process for carbonating. But you'd be you'd be surprised when you um, uh, carbonating uh, beer or sodas. It's a pretty interesting science. It know? is. Yeah. There's actually a whole book written about it. What so, is this book? Um, so if you go to yeah. like Brewers Association. Okay. Yep, there's um, there's books on malt, there's books on yeast, there's books on hops, there's books on carbonating beer. So, um, so yeah, it's there's a whole science behind it. Brewers Association. Yeah, there's a a company called Micromatic. That's who we buy all of our tap handles from and okay. gas gauges. They have a whole book written about running uh, beer line and carbonating beer huh. and. In, in essence, it's the same as if you're going to do root beer or soda. Sure. So, but yeah, there's there's a lot of science behind it. So. There is, yep. as I'm discovering. All right, it's all good. <laughs> you got to learn somewhere, right? That's right. Yep. Wow. Well, thanks, Aaron. You bet. Yeah, thanks for coming out. And thanks for the root beer. You're welcome. If you haven't tried the root beer at Bad Habit yet, get here. And they have great beer as well. But get here. St. Joseph, Minnesota. Cool. So, uh what I what I, what I find interesting about you know his stories with you know exploding uh, beer bottles and uh, <laughs> yeah. and everything else is well that's happened to me and they, they haven't exactly blown up on me but uh, I came very close once uh, definitely miscalculated how much sugar I had present in the bottle when I capped it and I decided to take a bottle off the shelf and I popped the top on it and started foaming everywhere <laughs> and. That's not a good sign uh, when, like, you just removing the cap causes everything to, you know, kind of leave the bottle. Right. And you didn't shake it at all. I didn't shake it. It was cold, <laughs> and it was way overcarbonated. And so I ended up dumping everything because every bottle was like that. And oh, I, I didn't want to make a giant mess in my house. And That was beer. Yeah, that was beer. Ugh. And. Um, and the same thing can happen with root beer. If you're using brewer's yeast or, or a baker's yeast, because that can also give you the same benefit sure. to carbonate your, uh, your root beer or whatever beverage you're making, any soda. Mm-hmm. If you're using a yeast, 
uh, yeast is going to produce three things, uh, one of which you don't have to worry about at all, uh, and that's heat. Uh, when okay. when you have yeast chewing on, you know, sugar in any 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 facet, it's going to release a little bit of heat. It's energy, right? Yep. Okay. And that all that heat can make big problems when you scale up production to like let's say a thousand gallons. Mm-hmm. But on a five gallon or even smaller batch, you don't have to worry about it at all because sure. it's going to dissipate almost immediately. Sure. But when you have, uh, but that that yeast is also going to produce a little bit of alcohol. And if okay. you want a non-alcoholic option, you don't have to worry about it too much because it's going to be less than one percent. Okay. And which is, you know, very negligible uh, amount of alcohol present. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's going to produce a little bit of alcohol, but it's going to produce a lot of CO two. Sure. And it's that CO two that's going to be you know carbonating your beverage. Well, how how does that how does the CO two how is it created? Well, effectively, the yeast is farting. So it's, it's, it's the best, or burping, whichever way you want. It. Sorry. No, that that helps. That like, yeah. ah, so it's eating the sugars. It's, it's eating the sugars and converting all those sugars into alcohols and uh, gases. And those gases are primarily CO two, at least from my rudimentary understanding of how the yeast works well there you have it folks so that's it thank you this is rip your radio <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing wow uh, okay that i mean i've never had it explained to me like that yeah i mean it's, it's way more clear yeah so so the yeast is going to release a lot of co2 uh when it chews on sugar and it, it's a byproduct uh-huh. of, of its fermentation and you can use that to carbonate your uh your beverage um if you're doing that at home uh definitely have a pressure capable bottle mm-hmm. so i would use like a beer bottle okay or i would go a step further um and go to a brewing supply store and buy a larger bottle that has a flip top lid that you sure. can uh, crank down it looks like a champagne bottle right and that's going to withstand the pressure a lot better yeah and once you add your yeast and get everything uh, all the fermentation going i'd give it store that at room temperature for right around 48 hours okay i'd pop the top off on that test it to see if it's fizzy enough for you yeah at that point i would chuck all those bottles into the refrigerator if it's if it's fizzy enough. yeah if it's fizzy enough i would put it into the refrigerator to okay. either slow down or halt the uh my uh biologic activity going on there okay now if it warms back up again Fermentation is going to continue. Chilling it down is not going to kill the yeast. Okay, it's just going um, to stop it. Yep, it's it's a very common misconception that chilling it down is going to stop it entirely. And well, if that was the case, it'd be a lot easier for me at work. But well, yeah, but, but like you put yeast in the freezer, mm-hmm. right? Yep. To stop it from doing what? Well, you know, from you know spoiling. You know, okay. like the the yeast needs uh, nutrient or food uh, to survive. It's it's an organism like like you and me. Sure. And if it doesn't have that, well, it's going to die because uh, it needs the chew ons. It needs something to sustain itself. Okay. But when you freeze it, it goes dormant oh, and yeah. it's like hibernating. So it will go bad over time. Like Encino Man. <laughs> I actually haven't seen that. That's a great movie. Brendan <laughs> Fraser, Polly Shore. Check it out, everybody. <laughs> it's classic. <laughs> uh, Did they ever finish that pool? I don't know. I don't remember. Check it out. Okay. Uh, this is off topic, but. <laughs> My, I think my favorite Brendan Fraser movie of all time is Monkey Bone. It is hands what? down the worst movie I've ever seen. I've never heard of it. It is terrible, but it is one of the best movies really? to watch with your friends and just heckle it. And 
It's so God, bad. Because he had some. Wh- Whoopi Goldberg's in it. What? <laughs> it's like. Oh my God. It is. It is a terrible movie, but it is very funny. Uh, What's it? My called? roommates and I were obsessed with it in college. We had a poster and everything. <laughs> What's it called? Monkey Bone. Monkey Bone. It's about Brendan Fraser is a a guy who gets knocked into a coma or something, and he goes into this dream world, and. <laughs> There's this monkey drawing that he he's like a cartoonist in real life, and one of his drawings is this monkey named Monkey Bone, and it haunts his coma dreams. Oh my god! And it is the dumbest movie I've wow. ever seen. Okay, so <laughs> anyway, that's off topic. But he just loves movies when it like he's in a lot of movies. Maybe it was yeah. his agent who really liked movies about like deep slumbers, like comas or yeah, being frozen and a caveman. <laughs> the mummy. It's so Something weird. else. Okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> anyway, what what was that one movie called where he's the uh, the Mountie? Oh Jesus! Um, you know he's um, Canadian <laughs> Royal Mounted Police C- RCMP. Yeah. I don't know, but I, okay. I, I I've seen that movie. But anyway, anyway, <laughs> this is oh, super off topic. Too. Back to carbonation. But uh. Jeez, what were we talking about? I don't know. Wouldn't be uh, rip your radio without a, <laughs> without a segue. Topic, <laughs> uh, derailment there. Uh, oh, that's great. Uh, but if you're okay, I have a question. Yes, we we're talking about yeast and carbonation. How many is it grains? Is that what you call them? Yeah. How many? I would I would do like a tiny pinch. Just a tiny pinch. Yeah. I, I've heard that people count them out per bottle. You can, but I mean. That would you think? Do you think counting them out per bottle? Like if you say, I would put five little yeast balls into each bottle. That'll make it more consistent. It would be more consistent, but then again, it's not really gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be that big of a deal because all those yeast cells that you're adding mm-hmm. are going to uh, double. They're gonna, you know, they're single-celled organisms, so they're gonna divide and double their population effectively. Okay. And very quickly, that population is going to explode. And whether you start with two or four. Okay. Well, ultimately, I don't think it matters over, you know, after a few hours. Okay. I mean, because you're going to, it's going to, you're going to have an incredible population regardless. And and it's more about, like Aaron talked about, the amount of sugar that's in there. Yeah, sugar is the big, big factor there. Okay. Um, So the more sugar that's in there, the more it's going to... Yeah, carbonate. and yeah, the more the more food it has, the more potential uh, carbonation and alcohol and everything else that you have. So if you have something very sugary, that is something you need to be very very careful with. That if you when you're adding your yeast, you need to be keeping an eye on it. If you if you mm-hmm. add your uh, your yeast to your root beer, put it on your shelf and forget about it. Well. <laughs> You're going to have a very fun surprise when you go back into your basement, you know, like a week or two later and suddenly you've got glass shards everywhere. And right. Because there's a lot of sugar in root beer. Yeah. There's a lot of sugar in root beer. So we and at root beer radio are going to avoid mm-hmm. yeast. Yep. I would like to try it um, at oh, some point. Maybe a small batch. Yeah. Um, and I, I, we do have the capability to do that. You know, we could make a batch of root beer and partially... Yeast carbonated. Yep. Partially try this other form of carbonation. Yeah. Called dry ice. Yeah. Carbonation. Yeah. Dry ice carbonation is like a very rudimentary 
forced carbonation. So if you don't have a keg set up like uh, like we do, uh-huh. get some dry ice and have a party. Yeah, I am. Um, I've heard a lot of uh, a bunch of different like elementary school teachers would do this with their students. Yeah, they'd bring in, they'd make their own root beer, probably with a concentrate mm-hmm. or an extract or something, so that you can make yeah just the liquid. And like that's kind of how we made our first brew was with an an extract. Yep. We made a root beer out of an extract, uh, super easy. And then it was just a matter of sweetening it and carbonating it. Yeah. Really, like honestly, really easy. Or you even you can even buy some extracts that you don't even need to add a sweetener. Um, mm-hmm. I made a uh, root beer keg for a grad party. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Isaiah. And what up, Isaiah. And I. Hey, congratulations! Yeah. By the way. <laughs> I I basically just bought a jug of Sprecher's syrup. Oh yeah, you and need that. It on the instructions on it literally said add one part syrup to four parts water. Uh-huh. And force carbonate and you're ready to go. So a gallon of syrup, four gallons of water. Yep. That's that's all it was. God, and it was the easiest thing for me to do. Um but how, from from what I understand it was a hit at the grad party and Well Sprecher, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so but is that expensive it, it was like 20 bucks for five gallons so okay. i mean it's nothing crazy so um i've heard you know 20 bucks a gallon or for five gallons of root beer right mm-hmm. but if you're getting it shipped to the store to like your place of yeah root beer selling that was weird <laughs> um think about that how like a gallon of syrup is it's heavy so shipping is yep. going to be expensive Mm-hmm. So although it's very consistent and it's very easy, yeah, it's expensive. Exactly, and uh, so if you're doing it at home, it's no big deal, right? Right. But uh, <laughs> so like if even if you don't have a keg set up like I have, mm-hmm. where I what I did is I force carbonated it, and I did the exact method that Aaron talked about of rolling the keg back and forth to carbonate because yeah. I didn't have much time, right, to get it carbonated for the grad party. Um, even if you don't have a keg. Uh-huh. You can do what you're talking about with the dry ice, yeah. you know, like just get a, a cooler and okay, well, I've got the Sprecher syrup. Okay. Add that in, add the water in, mix it up, in drop a, the, drop the dry, cooler. like, yeah, like a insulated yes. cooler, yeah. you know, like a Gatorade thing. Yeah. And you could do it right in there. Boom. Add your, drop your dry ice in and well, well now I've got a root beer to serve. Wow. So. Yeah. So the, basically the dry ice reacts with the liquid, right? Yeah, well, dry ice is just frozen CO2. So and, just and so it's going to rapidly one, it's going to great uh chill your root beer very 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 fast. <laughs> right. And uh it's uh, also going to add a lot of CO2 to solution. Yes. And well, now you've got well you very quickly have fizzy root beer. Yeah. Um I I've never done it before. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about how badly it foams. <laughs> so I've heard so somebody yeah. told me about this at Shell Lake art center where I teach for three weeks during the summer. Um, shout out to Shell Lake. What's up? Um, also at the end of this episode, you'll hear, uh, the Shell Lake saxophone choir from our concert band camp play rip your radio theme song, which is really exciting. Yeah. I'm just trying to get it everybody super involved. Cute. Yeah. And we'll hear trombone, trombone as well. Shout out to trombone. Whoop, whoop. Um, also, so somebody told me about this and I'd never tried it before. And we will try it at some mm-hmm. point. But he said it's really good, frothy. Um, I found a nice video of some kids carbonating, like, a Gatorade or something. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. Um, 
But make sure you wear gloves because you yeah. can easily burn yourself. Yeah. So be careful out there, rip your lovers. Yeah. It's dangerous. Yeah, dry ice is nothing to play around with. No. Well, it kind of is, but it is. But be careful. Yeah, be careful. <laughs> so. Please, please. All right, so that's another way. Um, did we talk about forced carbonation yet? Well, kind of. Uh, Aaron touched on it, and all it really is is, you know, you put in the rip your into your, your keg or your vessel of whatever kind. Right. And adding positive pressure from a CO2 can or tank. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I hook up my my keg to my to my CO2 tank, crank up the pressure to 30 to 40 PSI. Okay. And that just pumps a lot of gas into the keg, and over time all that CO2 does, dissolves into solution, and now I have a carbonated beverage. Okay. And... He talked about uh, shaking it, agitating yep. it, right? So what what does that do? So shaking it is basically creating a bunch of extra air pockets or, well, increases the surface area that's exposed to the gas. Because if you're applying pressure on the top, you're having all that CO2 pushed down through solution. Um, if, sure. you're, if you're shaking it and agitating it, well, you're equalizing the pressure throughout the whole vessel because the solution is moving around. Yep. Okay. That and, makes sense. And so it's, it just more rapidly carbonates and well, it, instead of taking, you know, a week to carbonate mm-hmm. your up here. Okay. It might take two, three days. Okay. Oh, or even, or even less. So, and that's how we do it here, right? Yep. Now, and I, I, I was, I've been carbonating, uh, carbonating my beers for, like two years now that I've been kegging and I've only just started shaking the kegs and I feel like an idiot for not having done it for two years. <laughs> hey, Matt, we said this earlier. It's a learning process. Yeah. Um, so how we are unable to really tell the carbonation level of our root beer, correct? Mm-hmm. We can kind of tell, like we can, we know how much pressure we're putting into the tank yep. and for how long. But we can't really tell unless we just try it. But still, yeah. Now I when I, I went back. Oh no! I was still at Bad Habit that same day, and they showed me this uh, this tool that they have. I forgot what it was called, but you can run. They use it for beer. Okay. And I thought I think maybe I don't know if you. Anyways, they use it for beer, and you can use it for sodas. You run the liquid through this tube, like it draws it up and this runs right through it. Okay. And it tells you what the carbonation level is. Do you, do you I, know what I'm talking about? I, I think I've seen one. I don't know what they're called. They're hand, oh. he, they were telling me they're handmade, um, but they're super expensive. Yeah, I'd believe it. <laughs> like hundreds of dollars. So if anybody out there wants to hook us up, we can really make it happen. I don't even know if I have an, the ability to even use it. <laughs> so. I bet we could. Um, because <laughs> we're always looking for new things. We're looking for new root beers. We're looking for new equipment because it, this is an expensive yeah. life that we live. So if there's anybody out there who wants to uh, help sponsor root beer radio, shoot us a message at root beer radio. Yeah. Uh, root beer radio at gmail.com. Anything. Yeah. Brewing equipment, audio equipment, root beer. Oh, if you have root beer that you know and love, let us know. Yeah, Send if, if you find something crazy, um, something that you don't think anybody else has tried, uh, we've we've tried a lot of different and crazy uh, out there rup beers. But if if you if you come across one that you've never seen before, 
take a picture, put it on our Facebook page, you know, ask us to try it. We'll, we might rate it. Yeah. If we can get our hands on it, if you can get more of it and send it to us, we can even, we can rate it then too. That's right. You know, uh, on our first (laughs) recording today of Rippy Radio, we tried live this, uh, New York seltzer company, New York seltzer root beer. Yeah. It was, it was weird. Uh, it's a clear root it's beer. It's clear. It's like Pepsi clear, but it's root beer clear. And it tastes like root beer. It does. It's weird. And it's got that like weird seltzer water sort of it, like carbonation. It, it, it doesn't have like, like, it doesn't taste like a normal soda. And no. It, it's got, I don't know. It tastes to me, like, it reminds me of medicine. <laughs> it's like okay. the way the carbonation uh, works on that. I but, thought, I think... Um, it tastes it tastes pretty good. It tastes like root beer, like you said. I think it has kind of like a fruity flavor to it as well. Yeah. Um, but I like it. I just, I think if I had done a blind, literally blind taste test of this, it might have been better. Because I think it's the clearness that really gets to me. Yeah. I think that's why Pepsi, Pepsi Clear in, or yeah. New Coke or whatever the hell it was uh, how just does, didn't survive. How is it clear? That yeah. seems so unnatural to me. And I think... I mean, like everything we added to our root beer today, none of it had an inherent coloring agent to it. No, nope. but clearly, I got a dark color out of it. Yeah. And okay, well, how do they keep it crystal clear? <laughs> it's kind of a confusing, <sighs> confusing thought for me. So. But it was good. I think you should, everybody should try it. I think there's they come in really small bottles. Yeah. Clear glass bottles. It's really cool. I never really knew what it was until I looked closer at it. Where'd you find it? I found it at actually at Cub Foods in Monticello. Mm-hmm. The, Cub Foods had like eight different kinds of root beer. I think Cub Foods Monticello might be fans of root beer radio. <laughs> Shout out. You know, I also found a great selection at Coburn's in uh, Albertville. Actually, all Coburn's that I've been to have great root beer selections. So shout out to the Coburn's. Um, yeah. And I think, I think, uh, what might be fun for for everybody is next time you go in to pick up you know a twelve pack of Coke or uh, you know A and W root beer whatever mm-hmm. else maybe consider like a craft soda you know yeah. branch out a little bit because when I'm at the winery doing tastings for people and there's like they say oh I only like sweet wines or I only like dry wines it's like well you're missing a whole whole side yeah uh, to wine here well you've got a seven wine tasting branch out a little bit and usually I can find something for somebody. That they didn't think that they would like, but they ended up liking anyway. Yes. And, I mean, I think that's, you know, we only got so many years to live. Try something fun. And, you know, if you were following our our Instagram post, um, when I was up at Shell Lake, Wisconsin this summer, my friend Brandon Delbo, what's up, Brandon? He brought 24 different kinds of root beer. He bought a (laughs) 24-pack at uh, Minnesota's largest candy store in Jordan, Minnesota. Um. So, and I had, and I brought like more. So we had about 30 different kinds of root beer and every single one tasted different. And that's just yeah. not, that's not just me saying that. That's like our whole group. We had like eight yeah. to 10 people trying all of these root beers. We drank like 30 different root beers in a week. I don't know. It was a lot of root beer, <laughs> but they all tasted different. So if you, if you are adamant, you don't like root beer, you better check yourself. 
Maybe we can get a dialysis sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Uh, let us seriously let us know. <laughs> All right. We're off our soapbox. We're going back to carbonation. Yeah. Um, Is there another kind of carbonation? Well, um, for, you know, like we touched on, you know, the seltzer, uh, mm-hmm. tonic, water, you know, adding, you know, concentrates to right. like club soda, whatever. Uh, if you're... You know, using yeast to carbonate root beer, be careful. But I mean, it's it's an easy easy way, especially if you don't have you know fancy equipment. Yeah. Uh, forced carbonation, doing everything in the keg or the dry ice bombs, that, that works too. From my understanding, you have an interesting way to carbonate or make something fizzy. I'm not sure exactly how what the chemical reaction is here, but to me, it sounds disgusting. <laughs> I think so. I think this is another one we need to try. Um, you can find so much weird stuff on YouTube, right? Yeah. And I was, you know, going down that dark hole of of just clicking from link to link, video to video. And I found this this video called Carbonation the Cheap and Easy Way. <laughs> it's this kid <laughs> in his kitchen and um he's <laughs> this okay, <laughs> the description says, "My favorite, it teaches how to make soda the best way." <laughs> oh boy. Yikes. Uh, so I, we got to try it though. This kid just has a glass of water, right? He's carbonating a glass of water. Okay. Which to me is like, oh, you're going to get full on taste. He takes two bottles, pours water in one of them. He, he has holes punched in the caps of these two bottles with a tube running from one to the other. Okay. Okay. Follow me. Yeah. He yeah. closes the water bottle. So the tube goes into the water bottle. Okay. Deep, like all the way down to the bottom. Then in the other bottle, he fills up, he puts, I think, halfway or with vinegar. Oh, gross. And then, (laughs) this is my favorite part, he puts baking soda, because we've all, we all know baking soda and vinegar make kind of a big, yeah, fizzy. Yeah. Um, Phil and I, Phil Imholtz and I made a sweet video for Miss Snow's class in. Eighth grade, eighth or ninth grade, yeah. Um, we made a, a volcano, and it exploded on yeah. this video. That's we wrote the song called Volcanism. Check it out, B Team All Stars on <laughs> MySpace. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, vinegar and baking soda. But <laughs> he doesn't just pour the baking soda in. <laughs> he, he wraps it in a piece of toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So he's like, don't worry, you won't get any toilet paper in your drink. (laughs) Who does that? So he wraps up this like toilet paper bomb and he puts the tube into the bottle first. So he wants to, you know, fight against time and then quickly drops in the bomb, tightens, tightens the lid and then shakes both of them intermittently. So it's like this form of force carbonating using vinegar and baking soda and just hoping to God that no vinegar baking soda mix goes into the water. Yeah. We might have to try that because it's the best way. <laughs> it's the best way. And it's the cheap and easy way. Well, if it's, if it's like a rudimentary blow off valve, I think I know how to like, I, I'm just the, the visual I have right now. Like, I think I understand what he's trying to accomplish. Yeah. And I think you can do it that way. Oh yeah. I'm, for whatever reason, I think more than just CO2 is coming out through that blob valve. <laughs> you know, 
that's a uh, that's a pretty violent reaction. Yes. Well, we'll post the video on our Facebook page, so be sure to check it out. It's pretty good. <laughs> the toilet paper. I just I, I love it. Oh man. So that's well, you know that's one more way to carbonate. Yeah. Uh, and I know that there are many many. Well, I mean, there's other ways to do it too. Yeah. But that's, I mean, I think that's where we're going to go today. I just, I also want to touch on something. One last thing. I had two experiences with carbonation, positive experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, In our last episode, I went to Alaska, right? And I brought home on the airplane, like three or four growlers of root beer from different breweries. It was amazing. It was great. (laughs) Uh, Put them on the, don't put them on the carry-on because you can't have... 64 ounce growlers on a carry. Little on four of them, you know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, I'm just bringing two two gallons of liquid here, you know, no big deal. <laughs> so so yeah, that was my life. Um but when I got home and even though so the the airplane I won't say who it was, the airline lot left our bag in Alaska because Ooh. the lady who put the tag on it put it it was like a backpacking pack put the tag on a loose strap. So it just fell off. So oh, they didn't Jesus. know where it went, where it was supposed to go. So they, they had it in Alaska and then they sent it to us. So we, it was in my bag for like a day and a half, not chilled or anything in Alaska. So it was up in the plane. Now, I don't know if the luggage compartments underside are pressurized. I assume probably. I mean, people put animals in there, so yeah. So they have. I would to be. hope to be. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> so the, it came back, and I finally got it, put it in the fridge, and then even then, I wait. I, you know, I had drank so much root beer at that point that I wasn't about to drink more. I needed a break, <laughs> so I drank some water. Um, but like a week later, I opened up these, these growlers, and they're still carbonated. Yeah, I, I think as long as the seal doesn't break. Yeah, I mean. I think it would. You're still fine. It's just the, the, it warming up and cooling back down and warming up and cooling back down. All of that agitates it a lot. And I think it's just gonna be a a time factor of. Yeah. Oh oh, crap! If that got really hot, I might. I should probably keep that in the fridge for a week or two. Yeah. And then it'll equalize again, and then it'll probably be okay. I I think that's the way it's gonna work. All right. Well, it worked, and it was great. Another story. This happened more recently. I played. Uh, my band played a wedding, right? And they had root beer. They had Sprecher root beer um, in bottles. And so somebody bought me a root beer, and I didn't drink it because I don't like to drink sugary substances while I'm singing because it's not good for your voice. So I was drinking water. Well, then I didn't want to drink it on the way home because it was warm. I just don't like warm root beer. I have standards. (laughs) (laughs) We only have a podcast devoted to root beer. <laughs> That's true. I just flipped my hair. Um, so <laughs> we, uh, I brought it home, open. I didn't have the cap. The bartender took it and threw it away. You know, that's yeah. whatever. So I got home, and I still didn't want to drink it because it was like 4 in the morning. And then I put saran wrap over the top, threw it in the fridge. Two days later, it, it was still carbonated. Yeah. And I think it takes a little bit of you know time and agitation uh, for all the CO two to leave. Sure, but uh, but like yeah, when I mean it, it is kind of amazing that like Saran Wrap alone was able to hold it. Yeah, and that that's kind of that's kind of amazing yeah. to me. So, so. It, Saran Wrap, if you're out there, we'll gladly take a sponsorship <laughs> from you too. <laughs> 
For, uh, oh, you're going to kill me. We're going to start uh, capping our bottles with saran wrap. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Well, we'll see. if It'd be interesting to try. Oh, wow. That's another thing we can try. Yeah. All right. So that's our carbonation episode. Yeah. Uh, we also today made another rip beer. Yep. Which you'll hear about on the next podcast. Yep. You will also hear about our forthcoming exploring of containers. Yeah. So the container episode. The container episode. We are going to exp- we're going to explore what kind of different containers Rapier is served in. Why it's served in those different containers. And we also want to find out what is your favorite way to consume root beer. Now, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and assume that most people, and you tell me if you agree or not, most people are probably going to say on tap, you know, from a keg or yep. from the tap. So if we put a poll up on our Facebook page, do you think it'd be okay if we left that off? Yeah, yeah, I, 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 would, I would say that, you know, Oh, like the majority of people would prefer something off off the tap for I don't I don't know what it is about it. It's yeah. it just seems to be the preferred you know preferred way to consume. Tastes the most fresh. You know, beer tastes the best on tap. Well yeah. And, but well, uh, and I think it is the most fresh yeah. because it has to be, otherwise it's it's gonna go bad. Yeah. And uh I th- Yeah, so I, I would say we leave that off and then, you know, a debate between plastic and glass and cans mm-hmm. and colored glass and clear glass and everything else in, in between. And that, that's something that we can explore further. But okay, your, your cans, your bottles, that'd be interesting to see. All right. So ch- look for that poll on our Facebook page. Uh, look for that video of the carbonation, the cheap and easy way. Um, <laughs> Facebook.com slash Rip Your Radio. Uh, also on Instagram at Rip Your Radio. You can also email at us. Email us. Radio at gmail.com. So, my name's Dave Verdon. And I'm Matt Holton. And this is... Rippier Radio. Now enjoy the Shell Lake Art Center Concert Band Saxophone Choir.